right, all right. Y'all already know what time it is. It's time to cook something with Hilarious Omar. We have a special show for you guys today. Thanksgiving holidays. We had to have a good one for you guys at home that's tuning in. Uh, first, we're going to start off with introducing you to the one, the only Raven Paris. What's up? The, the, the voice and personality from 92Q, yeah. as well as the new face of the Maryland Lottery. Absolutely. Okay, okay. <laughs> she is also an author yeah. of her own book called Changing the Game. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, before we get into our next guest, we're going to lock in with Raven real quick. First and foremost, Raven, how did you get started? Okay. Um. I say I started about five years ago, right? I'm a Morgan State graduate. Shout out to the Bears. Shout out. Hey, hey. Um, so I started, I always had a passion to like one against the entertainment industry. No one tells you how to do it. You just right. figure it out. So right. I started out with an internet radio show. Shout out to WPB when that was a thing in 2015. And based on how I branded myself, how I marketed myself on social media, and how I was able to maneuver and network with different people, that started opening up doors for me. So mm -hmm. my internet Absolutely. radio show ended up opening up to um, me doing DTLR radio. And then the following year, that's how I got the position at 90CQ. Wow. And then that year, I started working for TMZ. So I just really like, once my foot got on it, I just kept going. And that's kind of like how I got started. Now, you know I have to ask, <laughs> you know, since this is, you know, we cook stuff on this show. Yeah. TMZ, that's a big one. I got to give you a hand. Oh, yeah. Got to give you a hand. TMZ, yeah. you know, everybody knows TMZ. Right. Mm -hmm. What What was it with TMZ that, that caused you to want to be connected to them to as them. far as your style and your approach? Because I watched a little bit myself. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. As you can see, the styles are different, but it was just more so putting myself in an uncomfortable situation because I feel like when you're uncomfortable, you stretch. And when I had went to the shout out to the Wien Academy, I graduated from the Academy in 2018. And once I graduated, I had to go to New York for that. So once I graduated, I'm like, yo, I need to move back to New York. So I started looking for jobs. I was on LinkedIn, just looking for different places I could network. And I saw TMZ, they were hiring. My friend Lauren, shout out to Lauren. She works for TMZ. She's actually in LA. Okay. So I'm like, Lauren, what's up with this position? She's like, right, that's the paparazzi position. Are you sure you want to do that? And at that point, <laughs> I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into, but I was willing to, you know, take on the challenge. So after I did like three interviews, within October, Halloween, Halloween of 2018, I moved out there and Halloween day I was working. That's what's up. And that whole experience is totally different. As you can say, my style of interviewing is way more personable. People know they're going to be interviewed by me. Yeah. TMZ is more so. I got 10, 15 seconds. Within that second, I got to be able to get your attention to ask what right. I need to ask. Absolutely. So it was very uncomfortable sometimes because some people don't like TMZ. So that can make me feel as though it's me that they don't like. But I know it wasn't personal. It's more so the company. Okay. So it was an experience, but it was a good one for me because I feel like I was the first African-American um, paparazzi that was out there with their team. And then I was the first woman that was also on board, too. Big so ups. I was able to get certain interviews that, Shout out to you, you know, other people wouldn't have been able to cook. get. Hello, we was cooking <laughs> up. I was able to talk to like Oprah. I was able to talk to... Um, I will say Steve Harvey, Tyler Perry. Okay. Um, I didn't see Michelle Obama. I seen Hillary. It, it was a lot of people yeah. I was able to basically come across. And that was, that was something that uh, interests me about your resume. Mm -hmm. You've interviewed people like Amari Harbor. Yes. I interviewed him like three times in a day one day. He's like, 
Hey, are you following me? What, what was some of the craziest stuff being with TMZ? What were some of the yeah. craziest moments you've had with certain celebrities? Do you have any memories where it got yeah. a little wild and out of control? I wouldn't say too wild and out of control because I still kept my values and principles as like a person being from Baltimore. And I'm not going to come up and crank your style too much because okay. I know how that is. Because I know some, some people will take advantage of the moment and, yeah. and do whatever they can possibly and do to crazy. irritate the, the celebrity. Yeah, no. And that's not me because I'm like, I this is a job. I didn't right. dive too deep. This is a job. If you don't want to talk to me, I respect that because I'm also, I've been on the other side to know how you feel, right. you know? So I would say one of my coolest memories, I had got to interview Bobby Goldberg and um, in the midst of me talking to her, we brought up like Sister Egg. I love Sister Egg back in, back, uh, back in the Habitat too. So we like started talking. She's like, wait, I've been telling Tyler Perry make one. So she like, you get behind the camera. So she asked the guy I was out with, he was like my boss, I was shadowing. He asked him to record us. So normally the producers are never in front of the camera, but right. she wanted me to go beside her for us to talk to Tyler Perry about making another one. So that was a cool experience. Of course, that footage didn't get used. I have so much footage that did not get used, wow. but that was one of the coolest moments. Um, and then another cool memory, I feel like on my first day, I got a story and I was with Tyler Perry and I was so, my voice was so timid being out there in the field with a lot of other paparazzi. Some people do this, like this is their job. Bread right, and right, butter, right. You, know? like you, you might be Get a celebrity, they taking a I dump, and that so might, might be the only time where they by themselves. <laughs> right. You got to catch them taking a boo boo, and hey. <laughs> It yeah. is what it is. But it was cool. In the midst of me trying to talk low or whatever, you're like, wait, say it again. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and that allowed me to get that the nervousness out the way. But he spoke to me because, like, wait, you're a black girl out here. I'm going to answer your question. So, like, That's moments right. like That's that, cool. I remember. Even out to Oprah, it was raining outside. I stood outside all freaking day because you got to make different tips and different people tell you where certain people is at. TMZ, right. they don't tell you where these people are. It's your job you to go, find go these find people. Them. So you so build your relationship. You were a stalker for a little no, bit. No, I'm a okay. networker because I had to be friends with people that worked at hotels, people gotcha. that worked at restaurants, the janitors. I had to be friends with everybody. Okay. And um, I got a tip that Oprah's at this hotel. So I knew she left out. So she had to come back in. So I waited there until she came. It's raining outside. And this is with Oprah. This is what this happened with Oprah. Oprah. All right. Y'all so, hear that, people? Come on. Oprah Winfrey. Oprah the Winfrey. Woman that whole, the whole yeah. United States KFC. Yes. So in the midst of her running in, it's raining outside. So she could have just kept going. But she saw me. She stopped, turned around, looked at me, answered my question real quick, and then went in. It was the quickest 15 seconds, but I was grateful for it because she could have kept going and didn't stop at all. Yeah, she right. stopped, turned around, looked at me, answered my question, then went back in. So sure. those are like some of the cool moments I had. got to appreciate that. You had running yes. with Tyler Perry. Yes. My first day, I got a story published. That's that's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. Big ups to you, especially doing Thank it for you. the sisters. Yeah. Talk about black and rocking it. Period. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you, being the face of Maryland Lottery, yeah. how has that changed your career opportunities and that's just cool. your notoriety, you know, your face being out there on national television pretty much? Yeah. So um that was an opportunity that I don't even think none of us really look at. Like, wait, that's a job. You could really be like a Maryland, a Maryland lottery announcer. I didn't look at it. I didn't even know it was a, it existed. But based on like my connections, I had a relationship with someone that worked at WPB, about WBAL. And he told me like, you know, they're looking for new announcers and I'm going to refer you to the program director for them. And I was just like, all right, cool. So I actually had contact them in March. But then when COVID happened, my audition got postponed. I couldn't do it. I just knew like that opportunity was 
out the window. Long and gone. Long and gone. So I, um, the key guys, whoever is listening, always do follow-ups. Always just check in. Always just do emails. Hey, let you know I'm still interested. That's what I did in June. Yeah, y'all. She giving y'all the game. I'm giving you game. Don't be too like, cool to, to persevere and keep no, going. No, exactly. You got to like, if this is something that you want, do it. So in June, I sent in an email. Hey, I, swear, I hope y'all are all safe. Let, you know, I'm still interested whenever y'all start auditions again. And I got a random call in like September. Like, hey, so-and-so from Maryland Lottery, are you still interested? And I just was like, I started screaming. They started laughing at me. (laughs) So I had to come in. I had to audition. And again, I'm the, I don't know of no other black woman that's been an announcer that's been involved with them. So, and then on top of that, when I went and did my audition, I had weave. It was my curls. I was, you know, real proper. And then when I started, I got this curly fro, it's color. I didn't know how they was going to take me, but they actually embraced it, bro. They liked it. They like, oh, it's your sass. It's you. And um, I'm excited. So things I've been posting so far has just all been like my training. I actually go live for the first time on Sunday, this Sunday coming up. So okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to just open up. I feel like um, me to a whole nother audience. It's a billion dollar company. Maryland right. Lottery, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? So it's so many different people who play lottery who I'm now going to be exposed to Raven Paris. You cooking. Look at that. Hey, you cooking. <laughs> you cooking. Yeah, before, I'm um, before we transition, um, another thing uh, as far as your book. Yes, the game changer. It's not, it's not every day you meet an author. Mm-hmm. So as far as your transition, go ahead. The game changer. Yes. Can you tell the people a little bit about your book and what, what, what inspired you to even write the book? Oh yeah, I sure will. So it's the game changer startup kit to become or sustain entrepreneurship. So it kind of speaks for itself, but a lot of people don't know behind the scenes. I do a lot of brand consulting. So a lot of people who needs help just organizing their thoughts, um, organizing their business, knowing different marketing strategies, different ways they can market themselves. And I'm there to basically just help unravel that. So that's what I've been doing behind the scenes. I also learned how to do that with myself. I never had a PR. I never had a manager. I never had none of these things. And I've just been able to build myself up to get myself exposure. So things that I've learned along the way, I always took my notes. I always have them all in my MacBook. So it wasn't until COVID came around where I was like, Hmm. Originally, I was told to create an online curriculum because like, Ray, you're going to become busy. You're not going to be able to meet up with your clients on a consistent basis. Why don't you just do an online course? That went in one ear, out the other. Time went on, I didn't ever create it. But when COVID happened, it forced me to be still. So all the notes that I had, I just started formatting it into a book. And I stayed up for probably like 48 hours, y'all, I swear, just like writing and putting different wiggles first. When you first create a business, you need to tap into self-discovery. That's first. You need to analyze who you are in this current moment, what it is that you're trying to become, and then what is it that that brand is going to represent. So really like yeah. build everything out from yourself to your brand. Then you need to have like a professional bio, a personal bio. You need to have a marketing strategy. You need to know how to just basically build your brand up from the beginning to the end, then learn how to sustain it. Right? And there's a lot of people that don't know they the don't. first step about sus- not just, not even sustaining the business, but th- just taking the first step. A lot Take of people first live in fear when mm-hmm. it comes to whatever it is that yep. they want to do. They keep it bottled up in their mind yep. or spirit without taking that first step. How is it, you know, with you being, I mean, of course it takes certain beings that yes. are special to, just live their life fearlessly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, any words of encouragement for people out there that are too afraid to take their first step? 
you got to just do it because I, like I said, I, it's still weird even calling myself an author. I just look at it as I'm being used as a vessel and people didn't teach me how to basically run a business, become an entrepreneur. So game changers put you on game. That's why I have on my merch. That's the whole principle of creating the game changer. Whereas we all can eat. We all can learn how to have valuable brands. You just got to do it and don't allow your fear don't put too much power into it. Like right. we all sit in it every now and then, but get up out that fear seat and go make some change. Go Similar take some risks. Sometimes you just got to do gotta it. You got to just do it. Just do it. And a lot of people won't understand your vision, but it's not up to them to understand it. You just got to know how to paint it. So then they'll be able to see the vision once it's more clear. Right. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people have questions about like, how did you get in that? They project their fear onto you. Comedy, acting and all yep. that. And it's like, nobody held my hand nope. or brought me, you know, to this world nope. or, you know, got to just do it sometimes. and be passionate about it. I always say that too. Like whatever it is that you're doing, be passionate about it so you can keep doing purpose, passion, persevere. Once you master those three, like those are the three tools to success. Right. There Absolutely. Do y'all hear that? We are Here dropping we jewels for free. We, we are charging y'all for this. Okay. This is free game. The game, game. changer. Make sure you get that. Okay. Yep. So, so we're going to go um, first and foremost, congratulations Thank to you. Raven. This is about to be a phenomenal show. I can just yes. feel the energy. I'm getting, no doubt. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting anxious about <laughs> what we're going to get into and dive into. Um, but before we do that, man, we got another special guest. One of my one of my guys that I paid attention to from afar, always admired his work. Mm-hmm. We have we have David Charles ENT. Mind you, before I get into David Charles, I got to put a disclaimer out there. This is Baltimore DMV based. Okay, this is the, one of the hottest new radio shows oh, yeah. that you have access to. Okay, don't look at this as a, 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 a some 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 fluff stuff that's happening. That everything I do for the people that's watching at home, everything I do is with passion. Do Get you understand slam. me? Get them slim. So so when I say it's time to cook something, that's what we here to do. It's time to cook something. Yeah. I'm tired of everybody bitching off the LA, yeah. Atlanta, New yeah. York, and go. We got it right here at yeah, home. Yes. You understand me? Yeah. Baltimore, D.C., yep. DMV, Virginia. We got it right here mm-hmm. at home. Okay? We got a lot of diamonds in the rough, but it is, it's platforms like this yep. that we have to start embracing and also showcasing what we have to offer the world. Not just America, the world. The world. This is a, a very special area. It's time to cook something. Your host, Hilarious Omar. We have another special guest. Sorry to that made me think of we the top notch security of the world, Craig. You got damn right. yeah. <laughs> oh, the world, not just the city, the world. You know? yeah. <laughs> so we have a another special guest, man. And, and and when I say I admire this guy's work, this dude is incredible. He's Thank innovative. You. And a lot of times people don't get their roses while they're alive. So mm-hmm. had to bring him on the show. Thanks, so uh we have David Charles ENT. Yeah. Th- this man is not only is he one of the illest illustrators Thank that you, you could bro. possibly ever see, um, he also gets behind the camera, he produces, he directs. This man also is a a um he has a clothing line. I mean, he's a DJ. This dude, there's so many things Appreciate this dude has branched off into. Welcome everybody. David Charles Entertainment, y'all. Yeah, yeah, what's up, people? Also known as DJ David Charles, also known as the Illust- Illustrator. Yeah. <laughs> hey, first thing I want to say, um, thank you for allowing me to, to, you know, share your platform with you. And uh, we've known each other for quite some time now. And I can honestly say I've seen your growth and development, 
not only as an entertainer, but as a man. And it's important, like you say, to give a brother his roses Mm -hmm. while he's here. You know, um, I think I reached out. It could have been, what, five, five, probably longer than that. It's probably been around somewhere around that five year mark. Yeah, or probably longer. You know, I could be wrong. But, uh, you know, I remember we was driving out to, you know, D.C. for a minute. And and I was DJing at the uh, (laughs) uh, Martinis together. Yo, Um, David Charles used to DJ. My comedy shows yeah. in Fort Washington, Maryland, which is right outside of D.C., literally right. in the backyard. Yeah. And he was there for me from the time I started when it was only seven people showing up to where it went from seven people to 200 people and people couldn't even get in the show. Yeah. This was my guy. We went through so much. SNS, man. SNS. Don't forget about SNS. SNS Lounge. SNS. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, I've been able to see your growth as well. And here we are. You know what I'm saying? Right. You, you created another platform to, to, to share and to expose artists and creative people mm-hmm. um, for what they do. And that's important. Um, that's That's been always my personal grind is, you know, it all started from visual arts. And right. I was completely committed as a child because I felt like that was my way out. Right. You know, that was my way. That was what gave me a sense of purpose is, is being a visual artist and creating artwork that spoke to the culture. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, right. um, and eventually as I developed, and I began to do soul searching and understand myself. I felt like art was, wasn't it for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, just kind of a quick story. You know, I did my first uh, major art show in 2005 um, at the, uh, at the uh, Five Seasons. And eventually I did an art show at the UB Blake Center. But I was um, smart enough to take into consideration what I was investing in to create an event mm-hmm. from music. You know, I needed a DJ. I needed a photographer. I wanted a videographer. Um, I wanted people that were helping me do the event or staff members to have shirts on right. that had my artwork on it. Mm. So over the last, I would say five, no, 10 years or so, I've invested in each of these specific endeavors to create my own brand and to monopolize. So everything is in-house. Mm-hmm. So that's where the DJing came from. Right. The photography f- came from. The videography came from. I put a, I put a music video on, on, on MTV in 2016. You know, and it was something Big that I just Shout out did. to that. Yeah. Big and, shout out, man. You better cook, bro. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> it. You better cook, bro. Yeah, so, and you know, and again, you know, going, you know, going and sending someone my artwork to get put on T-shirts when, you know, I did the research a heat press was less than a grand. Went out and bought me a heat press. Mm-hmm. I went out there and got me, it, and everything became a separate entity that I fell in love with, like right. the DJing. Like when you put that type of money into to, 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 uh, investing in something, you won't figure it out. And the, bl- the blessing is you doing all this investing in you. Absolutely. Investing. You got to invest in yourself. In you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen your pieces. I've actually promoted your, your pieces. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Know, just just off the humble, man. Everything doesn't have to have a dollar sign attached to it, especially when you you have a relationships with incredible mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. with incredible spirit. And one thing that I want to ask you when it comes to creating the types of pieces that you do, which are a lot, have a lot of black orientation right. when it comes to the, the, the detail and the images that you create. Yeah. What inspires, what inspires that artwork? Perspective, mm-hmm. the perspective of a black man to see culture, you know, to, 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 to pre- pretty much be a part of hip hop culture. You know, there's so many different forms of hip hop culture and being a visual artist, you know, drawing, you got painters, you know, we also have 
a, a stake in hip hop culture, you know? Right. And I felt like that was my responsibility as a visual artist to create pieces of artwork that uplifted hip hop culture. Mm-hmm. And that was what was important. I mean, of course the MC, I feel like they, they kind of, they kind of set the tone. Right. When you think about MCs back in the eighties when hip hop just um, originated and they were speaking to the culture, they were speaking to what we, we were going through as black people. Right. Um, and I, I felt like that was my job having a talent. Cause one thing I learned is being a visual person and being an artist in time, I'm not a celebrity per se, but what I will say is that no matter how popular you are, mm-hmm. people see your work and it and people are influenced by it. It don't right. matter who you are, what you do. It doesn't matter who you are or what level you think you're, mm-hmm. you might be at. When you create something, people watch. People watch. It's someone for everybody. It's always oh, yeah, no doubt. And, and, and that was something that I realized is, you know, as I started to, to, to really get into visual arts and really create, start doing art shows and things of that nature, I noticed that people were following what I was doing, you know, and, and that's when I realized it was more of a responsibility to be an artist more than a privilege. Right. Mm. Right. That's powerful, man. To the man. people, yeah. No That's powerful, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, and, and everybody, when it comes to being an artist, an entertainer, uh, somebody of influence, a lot of people don't want the accountability part. No. Nah. That, that, that you that you. People just want the fame, automatically the glam. Get. A lot of people don't want the, the accountability. Come on, what people you, watching what you, you. What you do affects people. Yeah. Their mm-hmm. lives, the, how, how they think, how mm-hmm. they move, the next move that they think that yeah. they might want to inde- indulge in. Yeah. And with you, you know, one of, because you do many things, one of the things, like I said, your artwork is special. Thank you. And when I see it, it's, you know how they say a picture says a thousand words. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Your artwork is so incredible. Ironically, though, in the black community, we are not taught to value art. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're not taught it. We don't have, we don't have a, a huge, every, in this, in this, it just doesn't stop at art, but everything that we do, mm-hmm. there's somebody out there that's waiting to say, what do they really gravitate to? And like, so I could pull that person out, mm-hmm. offer them something that the community might take them out. Mm-hmm. You know, it might take too long for you to get your, your roses over here, but I could take what you have of value into this community and mm-hmm. it works. How do you, how do you continue to push when, in the, the 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 brown community or the mm-hmm. ethnic community, we don't really value art the way art it should be valued. Because, in my opinion, you're a modern day Picasso. Thank you. You feel what I'm saying? Like, appreciate. Have you ever seen Good Times? Mm-hmm. Right. You know that that artwork that's art on the wall. Mm-hmm. Somebody drew that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's not just part Early of bond. their show. We're not taught. It's not. Yeah. Early bond. Somebody I'm drew sure. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. when I say we we are taught to value art yep, how I do you, you as an artist continue to push and get, continue to keep the inspiration because i know yep. me being an artist and, and, and the artists that are out there it's hard to create a lane number one and it's hard to create people when you have to it's hard to create the, the people that want what you have yeah. to offer right how do you how do you balance that and keep pushing and continue to inspire yourself to keep drawing well you got to ask yourself what you're doing it for you have people that you know hop on board, you know, culture because it's beneficial financially, for an example. I call, you know, call those people culture vultures. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people that 
that will, will hop on board and take advantage of it for their own personal reason, you know, uh, their intentions off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But they, they, they really don't want to uplift the culture. It's a lot of that going on right now. But what, what I can say, the thing that truly keeps me grounded is just my true love for the art. I, you know, it, it's been my way to speak and express myself before I was even articulated, uh, mm. articulate enough to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. I was able to create artwork that was able to tell a story, you know, and I always say, you know, to get a man to think, you know, um, if you get a man to think he can save himself. Mm-hmm. So my artwork has always been created with the intentions to strike thought right. when you look at it. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you talk about the concept of a picture being worth a thousand words, I understood that concept probably 30 years ago. Right. So the artwork I created was always to strike thought into people and, and to get them to kind of say, you know what, you know, what if, or, mm-hmm. you know, what, you know, and that was always my mindset. So it's more, it's more about the love, not trying to keep up with the Joneses or worry about if people support me or not, because at the end of the day, I think about legacy. Mm-hmm. There you go. Versus just creating artwork. Yeah. For the moment. And it's dope that you say what you're saying right now, because yeah. For the people that are out there that might be dreamers or mm-hmm. you might have children that are entering that phase of dreaming and trying to become something legendary. Yeah. One thing that everybody that, that has any pursuit of, of what makes them feel great and what they're inspired to do, the business and the money side of things, sometimes that can oversaturate and cloud your vision. Yeah. And, 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 it, it, and, and sometimes that could be priority when a lot of greatness and great people it starts with the seed that's planted of passion yep because if, pa- if you're passionate about it you are going you are that Your person are going to grow regardless no doubt and and for the people at home that's watching you have to understand no matter what it is that you do if you are self-inspired the money will come. I mean, yeah. of course, you have, to, you have to be talented at what you do. You, you have work. to be captivated. Mm-hmm. You put in that work. You put in that effort. You're going to get where you're going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is a marathon. And I tell people this all day long. It's a yeah. marathon. Not and it's fun. also strategy. Mm-hmm. If David, if, let's say, and I'm going to do a hypothetical uh, perspective, right? David meets a guy like me. Mm-hmm. And this is hypothetical. <clears throat> a guy like me. A year from now, I'm in movies. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I have all this going for me. Mm-hmm. I'm in a position to say, "Hey, I want to have an art exhibit where I'm hosting it. Mm-hmm. I invite people in my house." David, due to networking, yeah. he goes from being somebody that was passionate about what he did and might have got whatever X amount of dollars for his artwork mm-hmm. to now being exposed to a different network of people yeah. that are willing because just because he's charging that doesn't mean that's the value of it. Mm-hmm. These people might want to spend $20,000 a piece yeah. on your work. Right. Now it takes you from being somebody that's just passion. Yeah. Now, wow, because of my passion, and because, paying off. there we go. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Never put business before the passion. Yeah. That that's how you keep it pure, authentic, and people love authenticity. Can oh, I yeah. add to that? Um, also, it's just like we're think of us. We're like trees, right? So whatever it is that you're, the seed that is that's planted in there, the root of that will like show the outcome of everything. So if the root of why you're doing everything is for money based, you will find yourself doing a lot of things. A lot of it you may be selling your soul for because right. that's like the seed of it. But if it's more so based off of passion. 
everything that the branches that's going to come off is all going to be based off that thing that it was planted. So look at yourself as a root, no whatever question. it is that you water and like that you make that the foundation of that's what's going to manifest. and absolutely. come into that. Oh, yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. That's and also, I want to piggyback on what you said, too. Like once you're able to control a man's mind. Thinking, you're able to control someone's actions. Oh yeah, no doubt. Like it's that's that's oh, a yeah. fact. Oh yeah, I mean mm-hmm. a big contributor to, to that to piggyback off what you're saying. I mean, look at how music affects us. Right. Yeah. Music. Hello? I mean, you could use music positively. You could use it negatively. Oof, but you see the outcomes but of of the intention absolutely. of those songs. Absolutely. Some things make you want to turn up, and have a good time. Some people make you want to shoot them. <laughs> the next thing make you want to cry. Like everything <laughs> creates a feel and an outcome. So that's true. Absolutely. Y'all already know what time it is. It's time to cook something with Hilarious Omar. I got special guests, Raven Paris, as well as David Charles, man. And we're doing it big on a Tuesday evening, man. (laughs) Thank y'all all at home for tuning in. Um, So transitioning into where we are right now, COVID has been something that has affected a lot of different industries. Um, Me personally, when it comes to COVID, I know it exists. And my whole thing is I wear my mask out of respect for everybody around me that might, you know, feel a certain type of way about it. What is my whole thing is some of the same people that have things to say about certain social uh, uh, issues that might occur. Mm -hmm. It's it's easy. What I've been hearing, it's very easy for them to say, hey. When things happen unjust, when it comes to, you know, whether it be uh, interaction or involving with police interaction, um, all you have to do is just listen to, to or follow the directions or instructions of a cop. But these same people, it is very hard for them to just simply put a mask on. How do y'all feel about that, man? Because it, it blows my mind that these same people have so much to say about what, what should or shouldn't happen mm-hmm. when you interact in certain, you know, situations when it comes to law enforcement, but something as simple as wearing a mask yeah. is the hardest shit. They make this shit like it's an SAT mm-hmm. uh, physical yeah. exam or something. <laughs> I mean, how do, how do y'all feel about this whole mask thing and the fact that there's so many people out there like really causing issues? Yeah, I feel like you should definitely, guys, wear your mask. Um because I feel like it's a serious thing and I've known, I know a few people who have caught it, you know, thank God they're still alive, but it's, it's a thing that's real. Some people have lost their lives. So I feel like we all should be mindful. Like you said, even if you feel as though you're okay, but be mindful of everybody else, because I may have the gene, right. And you may not have the gene. So whereas if I come around you, I'm immune to it. So I'm not going to be affected, but I can affect you. So it's just more so be mindful of the people that surround you and don't speak on things that you cannot relate to. So the people who are speaking out on social injustice and police brutality, and you have not experienced these things, right or you don't have the same struggle or even can fathom the idea of how this stuff even started years and years and years ago, then you should not be speaking on it. If you can't speak on and do what's happening right now in this pandemic, like right. I feel like you just shouldn't speak on things you can't relate to. Right. We all can relate to a pandemic. We're all experiencing We're all experiencing it. the so pandemic. Do so do what, what, what you can relate to. Okay. That's my thought. Yeah. So I, 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 I think it, I think it boils down to privilege, you know, mm-hmm. in a situation where you have, Ooh, the yeah. power, when when you think about when you think about the population as a whole, when majority of the people follow suit, and when you when you really think about it, and I'm just going to be completely honest, um, germs this germs can 
and you know, in, in all honesty, they can they can get through a mask. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, it's something you can't see. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, so to say that the the the, the mass is one hundred ten percent. No, Nothing's 100, yeah. it's not. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's a preventative measure mm-hmm. that they feel is necessary to, I guess, make people feel comfortable, mm-hmm. safe, you know. But at the end of the day, does it does it really work? Who knows? But that's what we're doing. But, you know, you, you you're always going to have people that have a privileged mindset that are going to buck the system. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, at the end of the day. And that's right. that's a part of being that's American culture when True. you really think about mm-hmm. it. So, you know, that's something that you're going to get. When you talk about people not trusting police, I mean, at the end of the day, that's a whole nother topic within right, itself. Right. But, but when just, you think, when just you think, focusing on the mask yeah, situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for people that are listening at home, my whole thing is what, what, uh, what, uh, what's that, that, uh, the artist's name? Um, oh. Pusha T. Oh, mm-hmm. If you know, you know. Yeah. I'm not about to go into a, this, we're not about to have a, uh, a back and forth dialogue. If you know, you know. Yeah. But when it comes to this mask thing, I want y'all to know that this has been a problem for everybody of every walks of life. Yep. No matter if you're Arab, uh, Hispanic, Black, uh, Caucasian, mm-hmm. wearing a mask has been a very problematic thing. And you have some people out there that are like, I'm grown. Certain states support it, like Georgia and Texas. They actually support the, the um, especially Texas, support this whole because they feel as though if you're telling us to wear a mask and you're telling us we have to shut down our business there is an ulterior motive behind this because i mean if you look at the the numbers there are other things that have affected us and there has not been it has not been um stated that it was a pandemic the flu vaccine kills triple the amount of people that they have record on record for COVID, mm-hmm. tuberculosis killed 1.3 million Americans in the year of 2019. So now we have a virus that also has some some um, foul play. People would say, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the numbers, and we're at uh, you know 200,000 plus deaths, which again, some people are saying that they have uh, um, you know fluffed the numbers up. However. I mean, I just, again, I wear my mask because I want other people around me to feel comfortable and I want to, you know, just, just not be, uh, combative for the purpose of others around me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, this whole COVID thing, is it real? Yes. Is it as detrimental as, as they're making it? No, because if there are other things that are, blind to our eyes where you can you can't see a covid uh, did you see the images of covid it's like mm-hmm. a it's like a if you if you google it and type in the images it's like a ball where like it looked like a you ever played jacks serious? when you was a kid no that's what it's it looks one of the like. things that stick out <clears throat> yes on the ball yes that's, yeah, that's, what it, that's, yeah, that's the, the image, image that they're portraying that it looks like really yeah i, I didn't see it yeah, but you you know gotta have a microscope and all of that yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly if there's other things out here that's killing us that we can't see why is the whole COVID a pandemic? It makes me. It, it, I think it's because it came, it it came quick, and people started being affected by it without us knowing about it. And the only person that really knew about it was the government. And right. so I think that's just the thing. Like this thing came around, and then people started getting sick. People started dying, and it happened like this. What the hell is this? Is this? I think right. that's more so like, what is it? Where did it come from? How can we stop it? And once we weren't able to really stop it, because it's 
started happening what March. So by summertime, it was supposed to have been good. By this time, it's supposed to been good. And now they're talking about 2021, we're going to all these shutdowns. So I think just the state of emergency that they're putting on this is the fear of everything that makes it like this is a pandemic. It's different from the flu because we now have a flu vaccine. I think right. once we now have, have a vaccine that that works and we know that it works and it's not hurting people even more, it'll just become another like flu season. We're in flu season right now. So a lot of times if you get the pneumonia, if you get flu, you don't know if you really got COVID, but right. they're going to say you probably got COVID because that's what's happening right now. But so we get a vaccine that works, I think we're also going to kind of be living in this fear of we can possibly die because we don't have a vaccine that can just take it away. Well, I read an interesting article, right? And it, it, it kind of made me think outside of the box a mm-hmm. little bit, right? So, you know, when you think about World War Three, world wars as a whole, yeah. countries mm-hmm. going to war, you know, um, most of them, are, of course, guns. Yeah. Um, it's war at right. the end of the day. Right. But then when you think about chemical warfare, mm-hmm. right, war, just like everything evolves. Yeah. We in 2020 now. So I read an article that said that there's a possibility that, that this is a war. This could be a form of chemical warfare. Mm. Absolutely. To where they actually was it was genetically created. Yeah. You know, and 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 you know, and this is based on what I read. So I, I don't know if it's factual, yeah. but I'm just again just you trying to know what it right, is, but the, you it know, can go. Strike the thought. Yeah. But, but a form of chemical warfare to where this was released. To lower population, yeah, because population control, believe it or not, is a priority when yep. you really think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think that, when you think about the number of people and the number of natural natural resources, because you have to have resources for the people, for the people, yeah, right. You know, don't and they when, call it like population control or something like that? Oh, and it's mm-hmm. important. It's a priority. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, you, they, they can't go on record and say we need to take out a couple thousand people to maintain. Yeah. At the end of it, so it's, you know, it's it's Strategy just a different perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's uh it's time to cook something. So now I gotta I gotta cook up because at the end of the day, I, I love the fact that this is what we need. Communication is key, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's human behavior. From the article, I read an article very similar to what David Charles presented. Um, pretty much, this is my opinion, and I have to say that, you know, when you're talking to the, right. to the, uh, <laughs> to the masses. This is my opinion. I am Omar Terrell. When it comes to COVID-19, yes, it is a real disease. However, do I think COVID has an agenda? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I believe COVID-19 was something that was an investment of people like, such as Bill Gates, who said at a conference uh, 2019 um, in the end of the summer, beginning of the fall, that there was going to be a disease that swept across the nation. Um, and it was it was expected to kill millions, okay? That right there alone was enough for me to continue to watch. And I did and I followed. A few months later, you had COVID-19. Some people call it the coronavirus. And at the end of the day, countries have been being affected. Civilization has been has been uh, affected. I know for a fact population control is one of the world, not just America, but the world's agenda, because such as David Charles said, you have to make sure you have the amount of resources for the amount of the, the number of people that you have living on the planet to for the planet's purpose to sustain and continue to go. Um, if you do not have that, it could be the end of the world as you know it. Um, to add to that, 
uh, with COVID-19, I believe that we are in a position where it's multiple things going on. You have the population control. You have the ability to know how um, human humans are going to react mm -hmm. to to things that are emergent like mm -hmm. this. Um, and all of this is collecting data, how we respond, how we react, um, uh, our response to prepare for things some similar to this. Is this chemical warfare? In my opinion, absolutely. Do I think that people should be afraid and panic? No, this is not time to panic. Mm -hmm. This is time to just open up your eyes so you can see Armor what the up. fuck is happening. The people that live in the most fear, the people that uh, refute the truth. Mm -hmm. The more truth, and, and this is, you know, this goes in all different categories in the world. The more you want the truth, regardless of what it is, it's going to help in the long run. If you're a person that loves being lied to, your, your relationships are going to be affected by those, those lies. Your life is going to be affected by those lies. The decisions you make, you're not going to be, you're not, you're going to feel like you can't trust anybody. Truth sets everything free. For a reason. Yes, it might hurt, but it only hurts because so many people do not want the truth. They'd rather hear a lie. I want to add to that. I just had to look up to make sure that I had the correct date. I just learned this maybe about like two, three months ago that um, the CARES Act, you know, the thing that allows people to be able to have money for in case something huge happened, whereas though we have like unemployment, other stuff now for this pandemic. Trump signed off on the CARES Act January 24th of 2019. Okay. So whereas though, why would he sign off on something if he did not feel as though something was already about to happen? Right. Like the CARES Act is for a pandemic. Right. To prepare the country for a pandemic. Mm. So when you said that, like, and when they told me, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And I started looking it up and it was signed January of 2019, way before anything even happened. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's definitely an agenda behind COVID. Yeah. Be mindful of how you're moving. More so, don't be afraid. Use it as, um, like I said, what I said, armor up. It's just like, if you need to boost that immune system, get that immune system stronger. If you need to just take proper, proper caution of just like how you maneuver around other people, do that yeah. as well. But don't be scared because a lot of times your mind will kill you. So right. if you're you're walking out of fear or if you feel as though, oh, I can't cross on, oh, I'm sick, like you will make yourself sick. You will make right. yourself yeah. die. And I, th <laughs> I think I think and I think the people being affected by it, it goes a little bit a little bit further than just health, um uh uh what do they call it? Pre what are, pre existing conditions. Uh -huh. And the reason why I say that is because I know people that they eat McDoubles, mm -hmm. they eat fast food. <laughs> They ain't think about, they don't know yeah. nothing about no care. Who is care? I don't know her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They living. I know some people go to the gym every day, eating kale, making sure that they stop eating meat. They're overthinking some of the, everything. Some of these mm -hmm. people, COVID positive yeah. in the hospital or yeah. dead. Yeah. So I think it, it's even when it comes to your, your DNA and your blood type, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. I don't know this for, to, to be certain, but even what they're saying that can prevent you from getting sick from this virus um, isn't accurate. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and to add to that, one thing about a virus, I want everybody to understand the cold and the flu. These are two known virus. Yeah. You cannot. And I repeat that because I stand on what I know for, to be fact. You can, cre you cannot create a vaccination to stop a virus. You can't. 
And if you do create it, you're going to be dead like a person like Dr. Sebi, <laughs> who created I mean, you can create it, but your motherfucking life is going to be on the line. So when when they when they they throw around the fact hey, that they're going to the create medicine industry. Hey, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I I live yeah. to I live to be who God made me to be. So if I catch heat and I'm a target for whatever I do, mm-hmm. I don't care. I know a lot of other people who don't live like that, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't care. I, I feel like I live to be how God made me. And if that's exactly. legendary, it's yeah. legendary. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, when it comes to vaccinations, the cold, the flu, these are two known back uh two known viruses. The only thing that they can create are medication to suppress the symptoms of uh, what's causing issues. So things like cough, sore throat. These are things that uh, uh, medication, again, you cannot cure the flu. You cannot cure cold. And if they're calling this COVID a virus, there's no vaccine that can cure it. And another thing I also want to put out there, if COVID is that damn dangerous, why don't they just shut down every fucking thing? And if you can stay away from people and and be locked in your house, why do the people that stay away from people continue and practice social distancing? Why do they catch it? I mean, I think they flat out gone into what they call herd immunity. Um, The concept of herd immunity is when you let everybody catch it. And again, Um, The people that are not equipped to deal with it, they pass. And the people that are strong enough to deal with it, they they live on. Mm -hmm. And that's the concept that I actually also read about. Herd immunity is is what they've they've done um, recently because I feel like, I mean, again, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I have my own theories. Right. You know, right. and you know, and, and some things I'll keep to myself. Yeah, you don't, don't want to be targeted like I no, do. No, I mean, I, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Yeah, uh, I it's get it. time to cook something. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> some people are some people are not open minded to it. You know, but uh, but I do believe that um, herd immunity may be what we've actually gone into. It's just the concept of just allowing people because nothing has been shut down completely. I right. mean. You know, when you you tell people to uh, close their business early or right. It does nothing. Right. It does nothing. You can, I mean, because people are still coming out. The only thing it does something to is the pockets in the brain. Yeah. Social distancing. I mean, when you really think about a germ or you talk about a virus, it's it's what they call an airborne pathogen. Right. It's in the air. Pe- people, did you hear what he just said? Say it one more time, good brother. It's called the airborne pathogen. Now, if it's an airborne pathogen, I got to follow up with this. This makes no sense to me. Okay. Okay. When I go to restaurants, right, uh, it's time to cook something. When I go to restaurants and they say I need to walk in with my mask on. But I get to take it off when I get to eat. <laughs> Once I sit down, I can take my shit off. Yeah, It's exactly. like COVID going to come to me and be like, oh, shit, I can't fuck with you. You sitting down. What? <laughs> hey, uh, For sure. Like COVID going to go over to your, over to your server who wasn't going to tell you, be like, hey, listen, um, I know them people just sat down. But uh, I'm COVID. When they get ready to leave, when they pay their check and everything, just come holler at me so I can fuck up, get in their system and fuck all no, that shit. No, y'all. I'm gonna explain <laughs> that. Nobody. The meaning of that is whereas though when you're seated with your party, y'all are away from other people. Whereas right. though if you're walking past talking, people and okay. I'm like, hey, COVID all out the breath, and I walk past yeah. all these people, right. it's possible that I can contaminate them. Okay. When you sitting down, you with your folks. So whatever y'all do, that's what y'all do. Now, why are we yeah. shutting it? Why are we shutting shit down early, though? 
Because if we the follow whole early part, yeah, I don't get it. What are we, what are we shutting down for? Oh, and also, you know, y'all know with that too, they cut things down, capacity down to half. So it's just more so allowing fewer people in, but they still be open. It's a um, and I want to say the the state or the country, but they had did a complete lockdown, whereas though they were still able to compensate their citizens that live there. That's a real shutdown. Right. And I feel like the U.S., if they wanted to utilize the money in a way to really, because they cared about the citizens, that's what kind of shutdown we would need because right. people wouldn't mind being in the house and chilling if we were still able to make money to take care of our bills right. and our oh, family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. certain parts in Canada where they... It was, in Canada! They, they, right? They would allow people to, to live without rent. They, they pretty much scrapped rent, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, and, I ain't paid my shit in seven months anyway, but what they doing in Canada? <laughs> Go ahead and tell us. Yeah, but it, it's, that. it's, that's a fact. There's certain parts of Canada that um, are not uh, making people pay rent through the yeah. pandemic. Yes. So I don't know if it's still going on now, but I can say when the, when every, when the pandemic uh, originally hit, uh, that was one of the, the, the things that they implemented in at least Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Canada uh, is one of those countries where they care about their citizens. They care about their citizens, and at the end of the day, you know, America. I believe America is definitely a great country, but it could be greater. Yeah, um, I'm not here to bash because you know you do have to appreciate what you do have because you're comparing it. If you if we're doing a whole comparison, there are places that you can live that could be a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> However, America definitely could be doing way more during these times to help the people. Um, stimulus checks, yeah. one of them were offered during this time. I know a lot of people that have used unemployment mm-hmm. um, to survive, you know what I mean? And the the people that I'm really scared for, the people that have taken out business loans yeah. that didn't have no business. Them I'm scared SBAs. for them. <laughs> I'm scared for them. Because I know people that ain't had no business yeah. or no business taking out this loan for the business that they never had. Yeah. And I'm scared what might happen to them, man, because, you know, they got all these FEMA camps and stuff that's around the country. Yeah. And it's, I feel like they anybody, you know, because you can go on Instagram and go to the Explore page and you can see certain people. Mm-hmm. They didn't already got caught. People that was taking out 1.5 million. Baby oh. Blue, cough, cough from Pretty Ricky. He's about to be... Possibly serving some time. Oh, oh my for sure. He took out one, he like took two out bread. Million. Wow. He took out bread. So yeah. And I think they start. They start. <laughs> they start with the big fish, and they working their way down. Yeah. But um. Yeah. To get into some more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you out there, listen, man. Dang. My whole thing. I, I don't care what. I wish I had a friend that came up like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, listen, man. If you out there scamming. Please stop. Like, <laughs> just be more chill. Like, yeah. scamming five thousand from the government. I mean, you might get caught, but that's that's a that's an easier fix. Yeah, five thousand easy. When you're talking about when you get to hundred thousand, yeah, hundred twenty five k. Now you playing with you playing with the wrong motherfucker. These people kill people. You see what they did with Michael Jackson and Prince. Oh, man. Come on, man. Y'all, don't be stupid. Don't be put on the hit list is what I'm saying. For real. It's time to cook something. I'm Y'all laugh with. <laughs> Y'all laugh with Hilarious Omar. I got my special guest today, DJ David Charles Paris. Uh, I'm sorry, Raven Paris. That's fine. I'm so we, used to it now. People be like, Paris. I'm like, yeah, it's my middle name. Hey, hey, I ain't gonna lie. The, the, the whole Raven Paris thing, that, that is a sweet... That is a, a a sweet connected name. Thank you. And people are gonna because 
when I was looking up your Instagram, right, mm-hmm. to see what you was about, <clears throat> I kept on in my mind saying Paris before Raven. Mm-hmm. A lot of people was doing it. It's my middle name, so it's fine. That's my first and my middle name. So shout out to my set who shout put me to together like that. Shout yeah. out to the set. <laughs> <laughs> so we got we got some more news going on right now. Um, Meg the Stallion, that was a hot topic. Mm-hmm. But before we get into Meg the Stallion, we have to talk about what we weren't able to talk about because we only do Tuesdays. Jeezy. Oh, Gucci, man. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm be honest. Yeah. Yeah. My whole take on it is this. I, I'm a, I'm, for one, I'm a, I'm a, I guess you could consider me a fan of both of some of their work. Yeah. Okay. Um, my whole thing was I refuse to not back G, uh, Gucci man. Right. But all the people just gravitating to Jeezy because of how he, he just had his segues and everything just mm-hmm. set up to win. Like mm-hmm. he came in with a, right. with a official game plan. When they aim low, you aim high. That was Jeezy. Listen, Jeezy was exactly. <laughs> and so many people going, so many yeah. people going to ride with that. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to just hang in there for Gucci man. But the truth is my opinion, I'm going to get y'all take on it. For one, uh, Gucci man lost. And it was it was a clear cut and dry ale. Uh, it's a couple things. I was lying to people on social media saying that Gucci Man won. I was lying to y'all. Yes, I was lying. So what? Hey, you guys lie every day. I'm lying about a fucking versus. I said that Gucci Man won because I said the moment that Jeezy got into the booth with Gucci Man to do this versus, Jeezy lost. This dude killed your friend. And I was riding that out. But at the end of the day, fucking Gucci lost. He came in there with strategy. Mm-hmm. He didn't play none of his bangers that everybody know him for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his, his his strategy, I could tell Gucci Mane's strategy was... To try his, shit on him. Not, not yeah. only to shit on him, but hey, listen to my new shit. Yeah. Motherfuckers don't know you for your new shit. Because he kept saying it. Like, hold up. That's, that's that old shit. You were supposed to come in here with yeah. your old bangers. Of mm-hmm. why your music from back then and his music from back then, who had the better ca- uh, catalog? So we can hit that Baltimore two step. We didn't even go. get the hit two step. No, it was a lot of come on. I, I was waiting to do the two step the whole yes. time. The whole Instagram was. And last but not least, that's I mean that is an issue when you have somebody that makes music mm-hmm. for. I mean, passion might be there, but Jeezy was signed to a bigger label. He had more notoriety and the people that he collabed with were on a much higher level in visibility than Gucci Man. Mm-hmm. Gucci Man, between, you don't know whether he coming out with an album or a mixtape because mm-hmm. he overly produces. He probably, and this is the truth, Gucci Man probably don't even know what shit he had that was hot or where it was hot at. He, he don't so even much. know. He's creating so much shit. Yeah. He just, he, he's going, he's playing a numbers game, but Shout out to uh, both of those guys for kind of putting or, or for what they did just you know for the for the media tuning in, putting that old beef, twenty year old beef behind them. Um, I think it was big a big step for both of those guys. Yeah, for sure. To step forward, um, I'm gonna get Raven. I'm gonna get your take on the the Jeezy versus Gucci Man battle, and then Dave. I'm gonna get yours. I feel like at first I was a little um, blind to how 
Gucci had got locked up and like the whole killing the friend thing. I didn't know all the details until really versus came out. My fiance had to like put me dead. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's how it happened. So I understand Gucci's point of view was just more so he feel as though, Jeezy, you sent your mans out to come get me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I end up taking him out and it should have been you. Like, you could tell Gucci was still holding on to this as if it just happened yesterday. And as him feeling like a victim whose life almost was taken, I understood it. But Jeezy is now not the same Jeezy that came out 20, 20 plus years ago. You get what I'm right. saying? So it was just more so now he's into real estate. Now he's into being a husband. Now he's into like investing into um, more positivity into the culture and understanding his influence and value as being Jeezy. So I understood his perspective as well. So I feel like that's how he was able to when because he was able to like you said have strategy and more so we don't know if Jeezy really put the hit out or if we all got them friends where so if i'm in a beef the homie like no nah, i'm about to just take this nigga out like she got yeah. to go you right, know what i'm saying right, so we really don't right. know how it played out but it's now 20 years later if we're trying to be better examples for that next generation that's happening we gotta represent that through all action so i feel like Jeezy represent himself well and then gucci on the other hand too once Jeezy kind of like put on the, you know, made his announcements, talk about, hey, we got the youth now watching us. I feel like Gucci was able just to, you know, humble himself a little bit and, yeah, take the pill and now act in that manner as well. But that still took a lot of guts, I feel like, for him to even come out and be in front of this man who you felt like tried to take your life once upon a time. So they both took a W. Um, But regarding the battle itself, Jeezy definitely won. Jeezy definitely won. How do you feel, Dave? Well, first thing I um, I think that it was a big win for the culture. Yeah. Okay. Over everything, and that's kind of how I saw it. You know, now me personally, I'm a I'm a I respect both artists. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who you thought won is based on your personal preference. Yeah. Right. Like I listen to, to uh, Gucci more than I listen to Jeezy, mm-hmm. but I respect Jeezy. Right. So at the end of the day, um, it was some songs that uh they both played that I loved that I enjoyed, but when you really think about the history mm-hmm. in the B anybody that grew up in the streets understands when you, when you get entangled or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you, when, 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 when stuff get, yeah, ripped, get Will Smith. <laughs> when people, when people get killed, yeah. people get indicted. Right. When people, when people, when somebody put money on your head mm-hmm. and send somebody at you, like, you know, if, 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 if Jeezy man was successful at hitting, Gucci, Gucci be that's here. forever. Yeah. Like, right. death is forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Ain't no coming back from that. Mm-hmm. Right. So, people don't understand how big... you people. I mean, the music is the small part. Right. I mean, I, I mean, at the end of the day, when you realize how big that was for the culture mm-hmm. of hip-hop, like, you, you just have a different perspective on it. When you think yeah. about big and pop, yeah. when you think about gone. big... Right. Right. When you think about, you know, and, and I mean, and, and that's the perspective that I just want people to think about. You know, it was lives lost. Mm-hmm. It was money put up, hits put out. Mm-hmm. And them dudes were on a stage together, probably less than 10 feet from one another. Yeah. With right. entourages on both sides. Right. And nothing, there was no incident. Mm-hmm. Then they had words. But what you expect? And then they ended up doing a collaboration yeah. at the end. That's huge. It was big. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Has that ever been done in hip hop? No. Never. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the first time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I put that in I put that 
in the category of iconic moments in hip hop culture. Yeah. Right. Black people culture. Yeah. Right. You know, Michael Jackson hitting the moonwalk. Yeah. Motown. You put it in that category. I put like I put that's it in that history. History was definitely Yo, last year. I mean, yeah. think about it. Would yeah. you if, if I if I put money on your head? Yeah. And you knew it? Right. Right. Could you could you sit beside me and break bread or have a conversation yeah. or let alone perform music? Yeah. For what was it, an hour, two hours? Yeah. Could you do that? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, you know, I grew up in the street, so mm-hmm. I understand. I understand how deep it goes, like yeah. when, when blood is shed on both sides. Like people think about that. Like it, it, you remove the music. Two men said it's that. Just that two men. Like I just mm-hmm. think that people could say what they want to say about Jeezy. You could say what, what you want to say about Gucci. Him being immature. I, I read a lot of the comments, but at the end of the day, like don't speak on something you don't know. Like yeah. some, a lot of people that was making them ignorant comments about how, how they was acting. For one, you're probably not even qualified. You ain't even grow up in the street. Right. But the fact that them dudes sat there and did that for the culture Mm -hmm. and made it about the culture and put themselves and their pride and their ego. We talking about young black millionaires. Yeah. They put their pride and their egos aside for that moment and walked away unscathed and went to a club afterwards Mm -hmm. and party. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a made more money together. Yeah, I'm done with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, that's why like they both took W's because that's that's a deep blow to swallow. It was a W for the culture and for people that might be tuning in at home. I know that we are in a time where, you know, more people want to be hip hop artists than probably ever before due to social media. <laughs> due doing due to the fact of seeing the come up and seeing, you know, everybody's, you know, really focused on the come up and what uh reward it brings. So to that I say. What Jeezy and Gucci Man did, it was iconic. It was mm-hmm. something that was the biggest thing possible that could happen for the culture. Two rival people, not only uh, uh, were they rivals like in studio and as far as competition in the music industry, these people had street beef. And if you don't life. if you don't know what street beef street beef is, mm-hmm. you don't need to know. Okay. Stay out of lanes that don't require your vehicle to be there yeah what they did it was honorable it was noble i appreciate it and more people with the with the death of people like mo three and king bond boosie almost lost his goddamn leg yeah yeah no doubt all the shooting and the killing i was thinking about this the other day when i was in a car Mm -mm -mm. i said to myself as black hip-hop artists as rappers we are the only ones that make music that talks about killing killing each other, killing our brother or sister, mm-hmm. treating us, treating each other like garbage. We're the only group of people that do that. And when you look at other people that make music mm-hmm. that don't don't share our complexion, and when they make music, if they made the same music that talked about killing one another, would it be successful? Would it be a hit? Right. Would they be able to benefit financially off of it? So I always, and I say this over and over again, and I know it falls on deaf ears most of the time, but at the end of the day, this whole idea of pretty much joining forces, our music has a problem of joining forces with supremacist agenda. Helping their agenda. Come on, period. So we help them. 
So at the end of the day, and a Klan member said it best, he said, listen, we don't even have to kill or hang black people no more because y'all killing each other yourselves. So when it comes to certain music, man, I love the fact that people are able to make money out of hip hop. But unfortunately for me personally, I need to see more creativity out of these hip hop artists because when you talk about how fast and quick you kill a black man, another black man. Nipsey said it best. Um, he never he never felt the satisfaction of killing another brother. So I just hope that other people can adopt that understanding and not be so quick to get paid. Because if you are willing to take pay for the exchange of a potential black man's life. Breaking your culture. You're breaking your culture. You're bre- you 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 you're nothing, man. Yeah, you're and, nothing. And I'm not saying like I feel like everyone should defend themselves. We're not saying that. Yeah, like, that, that is completely said, different. You know what I'm saying, saying like everyone, <laughs> yeah, everyone should defend themselves when the time being. But I feel like something shouldn't be glorified and and that's one of them even down to like if you look at the dynamic of we spoke on like the influence of how powerful music is back in the day you know it was the the rappers talking about being the dealers getting it out there now the artists now are talking about being the addicts so it's way more addicts it's way more kids doing pills it's way more it's just everyone's on opium. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, it shows the influence of the music. It went from being the dealers to now being the addicts and it's embraced. It's right. really, it's really crazy. So we gotta be, yeah, we gotta be mindful of what we're putting out there because music is really powerful. Like we listen to it when we're driving, when we're working out, when we're eating, when we're partying, like what you intake is serious. Music is the most powerful tool of influence it is. in the world. It is. You can listen in those words to songs without even knowing you're listening to yep. it. Without even it on the radio. Music, music or sound, <laughs> per se. Mm-hmm. Sound. Uh, I'm going to keep it music because there's some people that didn't. Hip-hop culture. Yeah, especially hip-hop culture. The way culture. we walk, the yeah. way we dress, mm-hmm. everything. Yes. Everything. everything. All of that. Everything. Like, 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 Brands. Like, 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 let's fast forward, right? Or no, let's rewind, right? Hip-hop culture at one point in time was in front of Supreme Court because mm-hmm. they wanted to ban certain forms of hip hop. Mm-hmm. NWA right. was talking about fuck the police yeah. and, and two live crew was talking about pussy and ass and all that back mm-hmm. in the day. That's what, that's what, that's what they was doing, you know, back in the, in, in, in the, in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. And they tried to ban it because they felt like, okay, you know, but what, what, but at the end of the day, it ended up being unconstitutional because it went against the freedom, freedom of, of speech. speech. Right. So that was an L. Right. But they knew the power of the they, influence. Right. That's why right. they, so yeah. You know what they did? You know what they did with that constitution though? They took that influence and said, you know what? We're smart in their mind, we're smarter than them. Right. But listen to me. Listen to me for a second. What they realized is that hip hop was profitable. Yep. Now it's a billion dollar industry. Mm-hmm. So what happened is once they once the powers that be realized that damn, we could profit off this. What they did is they started to employ hip hop artists to major record labels. Yeah. And what was happening, first rule of business, if you're putting the money up, you the boss, straight up. Straight like that. And you can control Still the product. Control. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can control the product now. So you're not putting that fuck the police out no more. And you're not talking about uplifting black people or fight the power. But we'll let you talk about bitches and hoes. Oh, and murdering your own people. Yeah. And here we are. I'm I'm 41 years old. Mm-hmm. 40 something years in. It's the same thing. Yep. The same 
concept of genocide that we're talking about. You know what I'm saying? We we talk about, you know, you we, cook. We, the same the, <laughs> the same concepts. We we devalue our women. Mm-hmm. We we glorify we glorify materialism. Yeah. We we talk about the murder of black, and it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's become accepted. Yeah. So so when you think about hip hop, which again is the biggest industry and the biggest movement in the world right now and we're advocating for the very things that end up in our own demise that within itself is a problem i'm only looking at this pad for those of you viewing at home david charles uh raven paris me of course hilarious omar i know that people from home are tuning in and i know that you guys uh are looking to call in i have to go to my chat uh, shout out to, to I believe it's Lila from Chi-Town, Robert, stationed out in Germany. Shout out to Robert. Uh, Tom, the beast of the East. <laughs> he said, what's up? What's up, O, and the rest of the crew? That's from Tom. What's up, hey, y'all? Hey, Tom. What's up, Tom? Nathaniel, her boyfriend better not never cheat. Wait, the huh? you're talking about you. Oh, it's my fiance. Oh, yeah. oh her, okay. her fiance. <laughs> he on point. Uh, <laughs> Ashley, spoken truth. She says, shout out to us for the spoken truth. Thank you. The CARES Act was signed into law March 25th, 2020. The CARES Act. No, I'm, right, I'm going to pull up exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all say, I'm just saying that's what the producer that's said. The, I'm about to look up and show you all what I'm talking about. Will said, Gucci need to grow up. Jeezy said, you talking about 10K outfit. And Jeezy said, how about the real estate? You know what's funny about that? And this is not a knock on Jeezy, but his comeback was dope as hell. But when you actually research how many properties Jeezy has under his title, it's two. Okay. So So half of... Just two properties. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just hey, look. two properties. Hey, he made it sound slick. He, hey, slick as hell. Yeah. Hey, if you guys um are tuning in right now. I found it. What? What's that? So it? yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It says that um according to official congressional records, the CARES Act became public law on March 27th of 2020. But it is true that it was originally introduced as a bill on January 24th, 2019 by Representative Joe Courtney of Connecticut. You hear that, Molly? Period. She had her facts, man. I don't know if you want to counter. I mean, I'm not Judge Joe Brown and no shit like that, but I don't know if you want to put a counterclaim in for for uh, what she just presented on radio. But um, but nah, man, we're a few days from Thanksgiving, man. Oh my gosh, right? Uh, just two days. Are y'all, y'all able I, to spend time with y'all family? I am. My okay. my sister lives in Cockeysville. Okay. So I will be cooking something. <laughs> okay. Uh, for the for the family, um, you guys. I mean, I don't know what y'all y'all situation is, but y'all are more than welcome. You you're you're invited if yeah. you don't already have something going on. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And I can send you the address. You definitely could come for sure. and kick it with the fam. But yeah, we're gonna be in Cogsville having dinner. There's uh, a lot of families who can't. Like our family, I know I'm in a group chat with all my aunts, my mom, and they sent the Zoom link today. Like, whereas though we're gonna be having Thanksgiving through Zoom, and it's just so different now because I have like elders and grandmothers and stuff like that. And due to COVID, a lot of people are spending Thanksgiving by themselves. No doubt. Yeah, and I mean it, it sucks because 
this year I was gonna cook. I honestly was for the first time. <laughs> you still better cook and take some food to your sister. Hell no, nah, I ain't cooking nothing. <laughs> nah, seriously though, man, I don't believe in myself when it comes to cooking. Uh, only thing I can cook is breakfast. <laughs> okay. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Anything beyond that, I might fuck it up. I'm gonna be honest with you. In, in a bad way. In I'm a bad way. Up. But I do believe I believe that I could if I really put yes, the time you can. in. But I'm the only reason why I'm not is because a lot of my, you know, my adult years have been given to entertainment. So mm-hmm. after about seven o'clock, mm-hmm. I'm gone. I'm on the road or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know. ain't trying to hear that. All right. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that, okay? okay? Because you or your wife or you or your girlfriend, whenever that may happen, y'all going to have to alternate. You're going to have to know how to show out in the kitchen sometimes right. and breakfast just not going to work, okay? Okay. All right. And I, I got you to, with some recipes too. I, I do, got hey, you. Hey, no bullshit. I do know how to make stuff Hot Pockets. Oh. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes. Yeah. Two minutes and we in it. I'm cracking Hey, man. Up. It's time to cook something with Hilarious Soma. I got special <laughs> guest Raven Paris. I also has special guest David Charles, man. This has been a dope-ass show. Yes. Um, Thanksgiving. What's your favorite dish, Dave? Oh, wow. Um, I'd probably say ham. The ham. Really? If it's tightened up good. Oh, um, I thought you was Muslim. No, nah, I ain't Muslim. Uh, I thought she was Allah. No, nah, I ain't Muslim. Now nah, I'm eating that ham, okay? I thought she was Allah. Okay, all right, all right. What's your favorite? You like honey? Honey, honey ham? Honey ham is I'm good. cool with it. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with light. With the glaze? Yes. With the glaze? Yes. What's your favorite? My favorite um, is definitely, I would say, like macaroni and cheese. But once I've learned how to master it, the macaroni and cheese. I can't yeah. say that's really like my favorite no more. But my grandmother makes like this corn pudding. Okay. And it's Stuffing? so no, corn it's pudding. just corn pudding. It corn pudding. It's so good. It sounds banging. The Ooh, fact that she but she only make it on like holidays. Like corn pudding is definitely my favorite. Okay. Mm-hmm. My favorite. My favorite is uh, turkey. Man, shout really? out to turkey. Man, I'm gonna throw turkey out there. You know how I many turkeys get killed every year? Turkey be dry. <laughs> because, because of all fe- feasting. I'm not about to just do that and give other people the credit. If it wasn't for the turkey, the turkey is the Thanksgiving mascot. I mean, if you had to say turkey, I would have said something else. If you had to say turkey, I would have said something else. But nobody, shout out to turkey, man. Gobble, gobble out this Turkey be dry. Yeah. It's dry. Nah, it depends on who make it, though. Okay. My family, it's not dry. It's always. It be moist. Yeah. Hey, I can't collab with you on that. I can't say that. But no, the turkey, the turkey's pretty good. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm cracking up. Hold on, let me see. We got a new chat. Uh, if there's anybody out there, I know it must not be that many people out there um, in the world right now. <laughs> I'm saying crazy shit. Say <laughs> <laughs> in the world. Uh, if you, if you, because I'm, I'm following my producer. My producer didn't give our hotline. He didn't text me the hotline. Because I want people to call in. We only got a few minutes left on the show. Mm-hmm. We only got eight minutes left on the show. Um, when I hear hotline, I think about Pretty Ricky. Finally. Pretty Ricky. Which which member of them is getting sued? Baby Blue. Baby Blue? Yeah, I didn't even know who that was. Peter D. got the big Twitter account, right? I don't know. But I just had looked him up on IG. And he living all lavish. I just like. Yeah, them motherfuckers going down. They taking couches out of house. Everything right now. <laughs> they about to dig his pool up in the back. Yep, it was him. Because <laughs> you know they were supposed to have went on a tour again. 
Um, okay. So he was trying to like. You talking about the Millennium Tour with yeah. uh, Omarion? But, you know, but this time they was doing the face off. So it was going to be Bow Wow and Omarion facing off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, Omarion cut all his niggas off. The whole Hello? B2K, can't, none of them niggas performed. Did you think you slipped? Yeah, I'm going to let you stay home, my baby, my wife, go and make this check, okay? I don't blame him. Hello? That was very petty. I loved it. How Fizz gonna stop fucking his, his chick that he was with for years? Yeah, man. yeah, that's shade. And allegedly, I felt like he had sex with his mom too. But this is just allegedly. So? That's why you gotta say allegedly because you know it's been reported. Yeah, he, act, he acting like a nigga off the street, like yeah, <laughs> like he don't even know Omarion. Ain't got uh, no cold. No cold. Like the Latte West. He has no cold. That nigga acting like the Latte West. The Latte West is in his situation. Shout out to. I mean, he's he's nursing himself, but due to the help of Mark Cuban, he's nursing himself back to health. <laughs> But yeah. the reason why Delonte West is in his situation because he's fucking LeBron James' mom. Wow. People don't people don't remember that. Yeah, and he got blackballed. He got blackballed. Now that's motherfucker's talking no PCP. That's just disrespectful. Like it's out of control. And yeah. even for the moms, how how do you like feel okay with having sex with your son's Some colleague or no like at all? No, I, I mean with him being a he's also a multi-millionaire. I mean, he put himself in a situation or position of being a fan. You also making millions. Yeah. How'd you get past the C-section scar, nigga? Like, <laughs> there's certain things. If I'm a multi-millionaire, I'm not putting up with. Oh, you, you, oh, you out here getting C-sections? I ain't fucking with you, bitch. Get out of my hotel room. I don't care if you LeBron. Not get past the C-section. I cannot. I ain't laughing with him, ladies, okay? I promise you, I'm she not. She was laughing. She's going to with you. Yeah, but I, ahead, I, want, I want to big up you, uh, 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 oh, because um, like th- this this platform is dope. You know, yeah. I mean, I had a good time. I had a great Did time. Did you have a good time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah I had a great yeah. time, and I'm and I'm hoping that the listeners um they tune in, they mm-hmm. share it, and they try to build the platform up. Um, because like you got dudes like Vlad, you know, yes. not not to hate on Vlad, but you know, um, you got a lot he of people. Exploits the culture. Exploits. Well, you know, that's a that's a rough word. You could say exploit, <laughs> but but he exploits, bro. he he definitely um you know, takes advantage uh, of the culture. And I mean, it's it's good to to, to hear it from us, by us. Yes. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you're doing. And, and I respect that. And I hope that people continue to tune in and share it because that's important. You know, you got creative people, you have artists, you have um, what singers, comedians, you name it, mm-hmm. that look for platforms to tell their story. Yeah. Right. Every, you know, everybody has a story. So at the end of the day, I, I, I want, you know, before I got off the air, which I wanted to say, big love to to to. It's time to cook something. Yeah, hey, thank I you, had man. fun cooking it up. Uh, y'all cooked it up with me real good, though. <laughs> y'all really did, man. Anytime. Hey, listen, yes. man. Uh, it's Omar Terrell, also known as Hilarious Omar. It's time to cook something, man. Thank you guys for tuning in. Special guest Paris. It's fun. Raven Paris, y'all. Can I tell them how they can like stay up to date with me? Absolutely. Definitely make sure you guys follow me. I am Raven underscore Paris on IG. I now have new merch. This is one of them. Game Changers put you on games, sweatshirts, hoodies, my book. Definitely make sure you get the book. And um, I want to thank you again for just having me come on board to cook it up. I'm here for the good vibes. And it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to it meet was, you. Was, nice man. You are too. dope. You are a dope sister. One, yeah. one love. Super fucking oh, dope. Dope. Excuse dope my, don't excuse my friend. <laughs> Yo, you can say I, what you want. It was and, awesome to meet you. For and, real. And Dave, me. what about you, man? Where can people find you at, man? And keep keep ties and yeah, well, tabs on you. Facebook on uh Facebook, David Charles. Um, I do have a, a entertainment and art page. Um, my and anything in pertains to my art is the Illust Illustrator. So, the Illust Illustrator is um my IG, 
David Charles ENT is my um, also my IG. I have two separate IGs for one for entertainment, one for for the arts. And um, follow me on Facebook at David Charles. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. That's about it. Yeah, I keep it light. <laughs> hey, some of some of two of the hottest people in the DMV shared time on my show. It's time to cook something. I want to thank all of you guys at home for tuning in. Don't close uh, out yet. We didn't get any people calling in today. Uh, the lines were down uh, this Tuesday. But starting again next Tuesday, we have some very special guests, including uh, the kid, Goey, who is a huge sports influencer on social media, as well as former NBA player Dante Green from the Sacramento Kings. We're going to talk sports next week. It's time to cook something with Hilarious Omar. Thank Don't you guys for tuning in. Don't close out yet. Uh, get that producer an update. <laughs> the, the producer update? Okay, because I'm looking for it. <laughs> All right. So the bill that was introduced by Joe Courtney was called the Middle Class Health Benefit Tax Repeal mm-hmm. Act of 2019. Mm-hmm. They used some of the language in that bill to form the CARES Act in 2020. The original bill did not include any provisions related to COVID-19. Yeah, but it prepared for a, what? A pandemic. No, the original bill did not. The original bill was to actually repeal some of those taxes that were in the tax reform bill that Trump signed into law. This new bill actually clarified and added provisions for COVID-19. So the new bill was for COVID-19. The other one didn't include anything about COVID-19. Is that what we're saying? Nothing said COVID nineteen. You send me your link and I send you mine. Okay, and we can just go on the air though with it, man. Right. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. It's time to cook something with hilarious Omar. Tune in next week at five PM. We're gonna have the guest, the kid Goey, who is a sports influencer as well as Dante Green, former Sacramento Kings player. But thank you all for this evening's guest. We got Raven Paris, the new face of the Maryland Lottery, as well as DJ David Charles, also known as David Charles ENT, also known as David <laughs> Charles, the illest illustrator, baby. Yeah, DB yeah, yeah. stand up. I'm your host, Hilarious Omar. Y'all have a good evening. One love.